Greetings, Earthlings. Today I'm back with a review of a brand new microphone from Audio-Technica. The microphone we're looking at today is the ATR2100X, which is an updated version of the ATR2100. We will be doing a comparison a little bit later, but if you are interested in the 2100X, it will cost you around $100 to $120, like always. I'll throw some links down below. And for the majority of this review, I have the microphone connected directly to my Mac. My input gain is set at around 60%. I am recording at 24-bit, 48 kilohertz, and I will not do any kind of post-processing, but I may have to boost it in post, so check the doobly-doo to see what I diddly did. And now let's talk about what comes in the box. Of course, you are going to get the microphone. You'll get a desktop tripod stand, a desktop mount, which has a 5 8 inch threading, a USB-C to USB-A cable, USB-C to USB-C cable, an XLR to XLR cable, a quick start guide, as well as a US lifetime limited end user warranty. Very cool. Then as far as the build quality, the microphone does feel pretty good. It has an all-metal body as well as a metal mesh grill which doesn't have any kind of give to it even when I hit it on the table. On the side, you will find a little blue light to let you know that it's plugged in and getting power. There is an on-off switch which works in USB or XLR mode, and there is nothing else around the side of the microphone. But when you look at the bottom of the microphone, you'll find the USB-C port to connect this to your computer, the XLR port to connect this to an XLR interface or mixer, a 3.5mm headphone jack which does offer zero latency monitoring, but you are unable to turn it off and it is very, very noisy, and you'll find a volume control to control the computer playback. Then as far as the specs, this microphone has a cardioid polar pattern, meaning it just picks up audio in the front of the microphone. It has a frequency response of 50 hertz to 15 kilohertz, a bit depth of 24 bit, a sample rate of up to 192 kilohertz, and as far as the headphone amp, I was able to drive the Sennheiser HD650s, although my volume was near 100% and it was not clean at all, it was very, very noisy sounding. Now I am spinning around the microphone to 90 degrees so you can hear the off-axis rejection and coloration. Continuing around the microphone to 180 degrees, speaking into it from the rear. Continuing around the microphone to the second 90 degree angle or 270 degrees. And then rotating and ending at the front of the microphone. Although this is a USB microphone, it takes the handheld dynamic form factor. So I will pass it back and forth between my hands so you can hear what kind of handling noise it has. Now I am right on top of the microphone so you can hear the proximity effect on this thing. Three inches off of the microphone with it pointed at the corner of my mouth. About one foot away from the microphone. Two feet away from the microphone. And about four feet away from the microphone. Now let's go ahead and see how this microphone does at rejecting plosives. Please bring pizza pronto. Please bring pizza pronto. Please bring pizza pronto. Now I am typing on a keyboard with Cherry MX Blues to see how much of my voice versus how much of the keyboard it picks up. And for all you gamers, now I am typing on the sad W keys. Here's how the microphone sounds in a well-treated room. And here's how the microphone sounds in a completely untreated room.
And now to demonstrate why you could benefit from getting a boom arm for this microphone, I have it set right down in front of me. And if I were to need to type, this is what it would sound like. It picks up bumps of the desk. It really picks up a lot of the keyboard and it makes it very distracting, much more so than when you have the microphone on a boom arm. And now I am bumping a desk with the microphone on a boom arm so you can hear how much of that it rejects. And I will also bump the boom arm so you can hear how much of that it rejects. Now let's go ahead and see what kind of noise is generated when we switch the microphone off. Now I want to do a very quick comparison between the ATR2100X, the older version of this microphone, the ATR2100, and a much cheaper version of this style of microphone with the XLR and USB output, the Samson Q2U. So first up, I am speaking into the ATR2100X about three inches off of the microphone and make sure to check the lower third when I'm speaking into these microphones so you can see what my gain was set at and how much I boosted it in post. Now I am speaking into the older version of this microphone, the 2100. My gain is set at around 75% on my Mac. I am recording at 16-bit, 48 kilohertz, three inches off of the microphone, and here is how the audio compares. And lastly, I am speaking into the Samson Q2U. I am recording at 16-bit, 48 kilohertz. My gain is set at around 60%. I am three inches off of the microphone, and this is the cheapest option out of these three microphones. And here is how the audio compares. Now I want to demonstrate the audio coming directly out of the USB port compared to the audio coming out of the XLR port running through an audio interface. So for this section, I will switch back and forth between the USB-C and the XLR so you can determine which one you like better and if you hear any kind of a difference. But at the same time, I'm also demonstrating a really cool feature about this microphone where you can record and output audio from both the USB-C and the XLR port simultaneously. So you can use the USB-C port to connect to your computer and record that way. And if you have a portable recorder that has an XLR port, you can plug this microphone into that and record a backup for your podcast. Now I have the ATR2100X connected directly to a Windows 10 PC. I have my input gain on the Windows PC set to 90%, and this is how the audio sounds when I am recording at 24-bit 48 kilohertz. Now I am going to throw the microphone in my box of doom, which attenuates the outside signal by 30 dB, and then we will measure the noise floor of the internal preamps. All right, so with a sample rate of 48 kilohertz and an I.O. buffer size of 32 samples, we have a 7.5 millisecond round trip, or 3.7 milliseconds output. When we jump up to 64 samples, we have 9 milliseconds round trip, or 4.5 milliseconds output. 
up to 128 samples, 11.5 milliseconds round trip, or 5.7 milliseconds output. And when we jump up to 256 samples, 17 milliseconds round trip, or 8.5 milliseconds output. Then with the sample rate at 192 kilohertz and the I.O. buffer size at 32 samples, we have 6.6 milliseconds round trip or 3.2 milliseconds output. At 64 samples, 7 milliseconds round trip or 3.3 milliseconds output. 128 samples, 7.6 milliseconds round trip or 3.7 milliseconds output. And at 256 samples, 9 milliseconds round trip or 4.3 milliseconds output. Is there a limit to the number of songs that I may write About the one I dream of at night, my sweet pizza? Serious question, is it too creepy yet? I know we're on the way to creepy, but too creepy? Let me know. Alright, with this microphone exceeding the $100 price point, it is now in the price range where it has a lot of competition that is really good for that price. And first up in terms of pros, I really appreciate that they have upgraded to a USB-C port because that makes this microphone much more convenient to use as that port becomes more universal. Additionally, I really like the fact that you're still able to record both USB and XLR simultaneously. It's also great to see that they have upgraded the converters to 24-bit 192 kilohertz, and even though I am not a big fan of the zero latency monitoring, they do still offer that as well as computer playback, which is nice to see in a device that is this compact. But then in terms of cons, the handling noise on this thing was absolutely atrocious. Yeah, you're probably not going to be hand-holding it much, but don't. Don't hand-hold it. Don't bump your boom arm. Don't even look at the microphone. It's that bad. But also, the headphone amp in this thing is extremely noisy, and there is no way to adjust or turn off the zero latency monitoring. And with a set of headphones that are low impedance, like the 7506s, the zero latency monitoring is painfully loud. And if you have open backs, it's probably going to bleed into the microphone. I think they need to add a feature that allows you to adjust the zero latency monitoring and the computer playback and maybe include a better headphone amp. But next, what are my overall thoughts of this microphone? On the electric guitar, I find it to be pretty usable, although between 100 and 200 hertz, I find it to be a little bit woofy, so cutting some frequencies there can be really beneficial. And with a little bit of post work, I think it's a pretty passable electric guitar mic. 
Then on the acoustic guitar, I find it to have a very punchy sound, as well as a healthy dose of treble, which gives it a really articulate sound. However, it doesn't sound too open like some condenser mics do, although to be fair, it is a dynamic and you don't really expect dynamics to have a super open sound, but I want to describe what I heard. Next up for singing, this is a very, very presence-boosted microphone, which will help your vocals pop out of a mix, but at the same time, it does have a big boost in the treble as well, and to my ears, the treble starts to get a little bit grainy on the vocals. And lastly, for spoken word, to my ears, this mic has a bit more of a robust low end and more of an accentuated treble frequency range compared to the older ATR2100 USB, and that yields less of a nasally or less of a honky sound in comparison. But as I mentioned in the singing section, I do tend to hear a little bit of graininess in the treble frequencies, almost like those upper frequencies are clipping a little bit, so I'm not really too keen on that sound. And to wrap up, would I recommend the ATR2100X, both yes and no? First up, if you are just looking for a plug-and-play USB dynamic microphone and you prefer the tone of the 2100X over the Samson Q2U, and you want USB-C, then yes, I would recommend it because the USB dynamic microphone market is extremely limited, so you don't have many options there. And the groups that I think this microphone will really work well for are traveling podcasters who need a compact USB dynamic microphone to record in hotel rooms or at conferences with, or if you're an at-home teacher or somebody doing teleconference work and you don't have a treated room and you want to improve the audio quality quite significantly over your computer's internal microphone, I think this mic would work really well. But on the other hand, if you don't absolutely need a USB microphone and you're willing to go the XLR route, I think there are much better sounding options at $120 or less, especially considering I think the converters in this thing are pretty rough. When I was going back and forth between the USB output and the XLR output into the Focusrite, it was a night and day difference in the lower frequencies. It almost sounded like the USB output had some kind of high pass filter on. Then when I switched back to the Focusrite, it just beefed up the signal and made it sound much more even and less top heavy. So if you have $120 and you don't absolutely need a USB mic, I think you can find a much better set with a budget USB audio interface and an XLR dynamic microphone. All right, that's going to wrap up for today, but I want to hear from you. Did you hear a huge difference as well in the USB and the XLR? And what did you think of the comparison between the new 2100X and the ATR2100? If you found this video fun, interesting, or helpful, Go ahead and give me a thumbs up. If you hated it, big ol' thumbs down. If you want to support the channel and become one of these beautiful, amazing people over here, you can do so by clicking that join button and joining at the $5 tier or higher. It really does help me continue to bring you these videos. Thank you all so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.